All right. And welcome to this special episode of Real Estate Fight Club. This series is called What Would You Do? Where we talk about professional standards, committee, and ethics violations. And today we're going to talk about circle prospecting with Rachel Real. Hey, Rachel. Good morning, Jennifer. How are you? I'm not sure. I, you know, I circle <laughs> prospect, sure. right? I know. I know. I know this one's going to hurt you. Maybe. I mean, you know, I feel like if you're not getting in trouble every once in a while, you're not pushing the envelope. Well, that, that is true. That's just how much do you want to push it? I guess I'm going to find out. <laughs> All right. Right. We're going to find out. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to talk, we're going to talk a little bit about article 16, which article 16 reads that realtors shall not engage in any practice or take any action inconsistent with exclusive representation or exclusive brokerage relationship agreements that other realtors have with clients. We all look at this and, and call it crossing the sign, really. So if you want to put it in very simple terms, this is the crossing the sign article. Okay. We all know that if they if there's a sign in front of the yard for, you know, for illustrative purposes here, a sign in front of the yard, you're not to cross it. You're not to right. have a conversation with that seller about their listing, how it's going, whatever it is. Take that down further, standard of practice 16-4 says realtors shall not solicit a listing, which is currently listed exclusively with another broker. Okay. Very, very straightforward here. The I need to copy and paste that. that and send it to some uh, some realtors. You some know what some people. <laughs> I know what you're saying. However, if the listing broker, when asked by the realtor, refuses to disclose the expiration date and nature of such listing, the let's see, the, the realtor may contact the owner to secure such information and may discuss the terms upon which the realtor might take a future listing or alternatively may take a listing to become effective upon the expiration of any exclusive listing. Really? We don't ever really see. I know. I know. Isn't that wild? Because no one ever exercises that. Um, because well, I will now. <laughs> right, right. So it's very interesting. We don't really see that all that often. Because I think if you, I mean, I can imagine as a listing agent, if my seller came to me and said, hey, Jennifer called me and wants to know when my listing expires so she can talk to me about it when, when this one expires, right. I don't imagine that would go over very well. So we don't really see that practically used all that often, but again, we're not crossing, we shouldn't be crossing the sign. So that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. Where it gets to be a little bit dicey sometimes is when you're using a dialer to circle prospect or, or market yourself or look for listings, whatever it is that you might be using it for. So there's a lot of different dialers. There's Vulcan seven, Red X, Cole Realty Resource. There's a whole bunch of them. So they'll work in a little bit different, little, you know, slightly different ways, mm -hmm. but in theory, what they're supposed to do and what they tell you that they do is scrub their data to ensure that it goes against the MLS and they pull out anything that's already listed so, to make sure that they're giving you accurate data. Okay. So in this particular situation, agent A used a dialer to prospect for listings. Okay. Agent A contacts a homeowner who's currently under an exclusive listing agreement for the sale of his property. Okay. So agent A has just crossed the sign. Yes. Seller Q's listing was, was recently canceled and relisted in order to give it some new life. So it had been on the market for a while. They did a cancel and relist okay. to make it relisted as new. Okay. So the dialer that, eight, that was used by Agent A had shown that the listing was canceled. However, not that it was immediately relisted by the same broker. That happens. It does. So what is an agent's duty when prospecting using a dialer? Let's discuss. <laughs> <laughs> here is 
I knew this was, I knew you were going to love this one. (laughs) I think there's some common sense here, right? Because this does happen. So when, first of all, when you're door knocking as a form of circle prospecting, Mm -hmm. usually put the disclaimer on the bottom of the thing, right? That says, well, when you're talking about door knocking, you're door knocking. So are you saying when somebody answers the door, you go into a verbal disclaimer? No, it's like on the sheet. (laughs) Because that would be, I would like to see that. No, it's oh, my name is Jennifer. I am not, I am not soliciting your listing, but how are you? How are you? (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess you could just do your regular door knocking spiel, like for the reason that you're door knocking. Right. Um, right. And then you could say, I noticed that you had, that you were listed or whatever you could like go into that apparently. Um, well, honestly, like that's that's a tough one. Cause I'm thinking you're still, you know, darn well that you're walking past the sign to get to the front door. Yeah, but you're allowed to ask when that's, that's only if you ask the agent and the agent refuses to give it to you. So you do have to go through the agent first and call and say, Hey, when does your listing expire? I'll typically, and I I imagine if you did that too, you have a listing agent that would go, well, I don't have to tell you that. And then you go, yes, you do. I'm asking the code of ethics says you do. Right. Right. You can only approach the seller. If, if you've already gone through the appropriate channels with the agent. I gotcha. So yeah. I guess door knocking then it probably makes more sense just to skip those. Yeah, absolutely. When you're calling, if it shows as canceled, I mean, if they say, Hey, we um, just relisted it. Then I'm, I, I mean, I would be like, Oh, great. When does it come back on the market? And then if we have a buyer, we'll certainly bring them by and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, mistakes happen. They do. And I, I think with this, it's, it's challenging because you're, you're relying on the data of a company that is telling you that what they're providing is accurate. But well, and it shows as the, listing in the MLS, it shows it's canceled. Well, and it also shows as listed. I mean, maybe when you looked, it showed canceled. Well, in this particular case, it showed as both. So at the time that the agent called on the property, it had, if you put that address in the MLS, it was already active. Oh, Lord. I know you don't like this one. I knew you weren't going to. That's why I picked it just for you. So the question is, is, is that agent crossing signs? I mean, it sounds like it. Yeah. Should we take a break? Take a break. You can think about that. Let me think about it. We'll come back and discuss. Okay. So, um, the, our two partners I want to mention to you today is the first one is my coach, coach John kitchens. So if you're not where you want to be in your business, you need a coach. So what Monica and I've done is teamed up with John and we are able to give you, and we're going to pay for 60 days of coaching with John. So this will help get your blind spots revealed. It'll help you get to where you're going faster, either more successful or not. Anyway, no, I believe in you. Just kidding. Okay. So all you have to do is go to trial.coachcode.com and then put fight club as your sponsor and you'll get the free 60 days. And then also, um, my number one lead source right now is pipeline pro tools. So when, um, you have to do a free demo with them so that they can show you how many, um, they're like a marketing engine. So they can show you how many ads you need up in order to get the deals that you want. So go to pipelineprotools.com slash fight club for the free demo, the free playbook. Um, and then you can decide if you think that's a good source for you. All right. So I think technically I'm going to go with 
yes, they're crossing signs, but I think, and I think that there is some gray area on how it's handled, but I mean, I think they are violating. Right. They are, they are violating in, in black and white, they're, they're crossing signs, they're violating the code of ethics. Do you think, would you look at it in a different light or perhaps under different circumstances, depending on what happened as part of that phone call? Um, So if the the agent A is Uh using the dialer, reaches somebody and they say, hey, I'm already on, you know, we canceled and we listed it back on the market. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to bother you. Thank you. Have a nice day. And done. Yeah. And done. Right. As the listing agent, would you look at that differently than if agent A contacted that seller, had that same conversation, but then continued to push and say, well, your agent, you know, your agent obviously isn't doing a good job because you canceled and took a bit, you know, and, and you're manipulating that data. violates another uh, code of ethics rule. Well, it, it, yeah, I, I think that could violate a whole slew of different things when you're talking about making, you know, derogatory comments about another agent and, and criticizing how people are working and their, their business practices and all that. Right. So that, that could certainly do that too. So do you think if you were sitting on a panel, do you think that the nature of that conversation that agent A has with the seller would might, might dictate or might have an effect on how you would roll? If I was sitting on the panel, yes. And just mm-hmm. because I think that intention and action matters. And I think yes. that even though you can unintentionally violate rules. And this seems like that was not intentional. If everybody agrees, that's how it was handled. But then I would be surprised that the complaint was there in the first place. I'd be like, what caused somebody to complain? Like something would have happened or else there would be no complaint. Right. I guess when you look at it, the way the, the way it goes through the process is that it goes to a grievance committee first. And the grievance committee looks at things, looks at the information that they're given almost like a grand jury would. Right. They're not deciding whether or not someone's in violation or not. They're just saying, is there enough information here right. that I look Maybe. at that I can say, yeah, I can move it forward. Or am I looking at it going, they're not even giving me enough information for a hearing. Therefore, I'm going to return it and say it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So in this case, the grievance committee did decide to move it forward. And then it's the hearing panel that, that hears everything, um, you know, and makes God, a decision. I'm dying that. to know what they said. <laughs> My eyes are in mid-roll. Go oh, ahead. Right, right. So in this particular case, and I don't recall what the, the, the detail of what happened because this was quite, quite some time ago, the agent was found in violation. Okay. And I, and I, I want to say that there was some issue with the way the call was handled mm-hmm. and the, the, the information that was presented by that agent in, in his defense. So that, you know what I mean? I think there was a yeah. lot of other circumstances that were looked at as part of this. But Rachel, this falls under, you know, there's three rules. One of those rules is don't be a douche. <laughs> right. I, I love that rule. So, I mean, don't be a douche, you know, like know. if you're making phone calls as, or communicating with people as you should be communicating in any way. And that, right. cause this can happen anywhere, right? Like it can happen if you generate through Facebook, it can happen if you generate through absolutely. networking, like it, this no, can happen. No, absolutely. No, you're somebody who uses a dialer. So when yeah. you're using a dialer, what's the, pro- how does that work? What do you mean? So does the number pop up on your screen? Like I don't use a dialer, so I'm not familiar with how much time do you have as the phone's ringing? Do you know who you're calling? Yeah. Okay. So you know the name and the number and the address and all that. I know everything. And I know this, it'll say canceled. Okay. So at that point then, and I think this was part of the conversation too, was when you're in the MLS, do you have the MLS open and up when you're making these calls? Not always. 
sometimes, okay. but not always. Okay. So, so best practices would state that you have the MLS up. And as your, I mean, our MLS has got a one, one search bar at the top where you can type in somebody's name, you know, an address, you can type in anything you want and it'll populate it really quickly. Yeah. So it has happened where I've had it up and then I'll see that it's active. And so if they pick up the phone, I'll just be like, Oh, I apologize. I'll either say like, I have the wrong number or the wrong number. Right. Because why would you put yourself in a situation now where you're like, I'm just calling you and I'm not supposed to be having a nice day. Or, or if it's like, if I don't say that, I'll just say who I am and say, I noticed that it was back on the market. I'll, um, present it to my buyers and we'll, I'll bring one by. Right. I'll update my, oh, right. I'll update my records. Right. Sometimes I'll me. say, do you have anything else that you're selling? <laughs> well, and that, that, that I guess wouldn't be a violation. It would not. At that point you're, you're asking them about business that they might have that is outside of what you're right of, of that listing that they have. Yeah. You could essentially walk up to a house with a sign in the front yard and say, All right, may I help you purchase a home? Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Like, do you have some place where you're moving to when this home sells? Yeah. And and based on the number of agents that have buyer agency agreements, Uh, I'm going to say, (laughs) nudge, nudge, (laughs) wink, wink. Right. I'm going to say that probably they don't have one and you, you know, you might have an opportunity there, but that being said, you know, you keep the, the MLS window open. And as this information pops up on your screen, you throw the address in and probably faster than it takes for them to connect the call. Right. You've got the information as to whether or not it's relisted. Yeah, right. But it's so, all now we have some some ways like when they do answer or ways to talk to already listed properties. Already listed was that your intention, Rachel? No, no, actually it wasn't. It was, but not. you know, and, and when when you talk about it's funny because as I was looking through this too, I thought you know this kind of is a good segue into Article Twelve which when you're talking about canceling and relisting a property, mm-hmm. depending on what you're doing with that, if you take a property, say you've got a property that's listed for two, 250,000, you're canceling it and you're literally just redoing that same thing for 250,000, you're not changing anything in it. You're not changing right. any marketing remarks, no photos, no nothing. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you teeter that line of violating article 12, which is manipulating data to be deceptive for deceptive purposes. Yeah. So because canceling and relisting, it's not a new listing. You literally just took the one and moved it from new or active to canceled. I don't want to talk about how that violates the code of ethics. So we're just going to (laughs) table. Yeah. Just something to think about. I don't want to think about it. Thank you. Good. (laughs) I plead. There's ways around that one. Yeah. There's ways around that one. Maybe that'll be our next one. How to cancel and relist without violating. There you go. I love it. Part part two. Um, Part two. Well, Rachel, (laughs) um, that's very interesting. And I think even though not everybody circle prospects, this can apply whenever you're generating leads, however you do it. Um, So what is the, um, if people have questions for you or they have a referral in Chicago, what is the best way? Best way to reach me is by text message at 630-542-8688 or via email at rreal at dealwithreal.com. Awesome. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks, John. See ya.